Hello planet Earth and welcome to Pop Culture with Beards. We've got a wide range of things to do, but right now, Mike, who should say hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you? That'll be a good start. And Andy should also say hello. Hi. Uh, are just sitting there waiting, waiting to talk. I am Phil. Let's get into it. I really pity the fool that doesn't enjoy Mike's subject. Beautiful segue there, Phil. Today I'm talking about none other than Mr. T. And you know, he turns 69 this year. (gasps) What? No way. So born back in uh, May 1952 under the name Lawrence Turow. Uh, he was one of 12 children, would you believe? Good grief. Four sisters and seven brothers. Well, see, I did it, the math there. That's that's actually 100% correct. Is <laughs> he uh, in the middle or do you know? Um, now you've done sure, it. Sorry. Sure, sorry about that. Sure. I don't think my extensive research extended that far. We'll, we'll have that to you at some other time. Yeah. Actually, so, yeah, the youngest. Ah. Did I say that? I think I did. Very no, you did. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so his father was a minister uh, who left um, the family when Mr. T, or Lawrence as he was back then, was only age five. Yeah. Uh, so a bit of a rough and tough upbringing, you know, like a big, a big crew of 12. Like mine, yes. Yeah. Uh, he changed his name uh, a few years later um, once he'd got past school. Um, and in 1970, changed it. Uh, to the T, just the name T. Beautiful. Yeah, and he went with that name after the lack of respect that his family got from white people while he was growing up. So it was one of those things where yeah. if people were to address him, they'd have to call him Mr. So Mr. T. Ah. So that's where that all came from. Uh, at high school, he played football. Uh, he did some wrestling and studied uh, martial arts. Uh, and then after school, he, he uh, high school, he won a football scholarship uh, to a university in Texas, mm. uh, but was expelled after the first year. And do we know why? Um, I think it was just too tough for the curriculum, is uh, <laughs> what I've heard. Uh, <laughs> details are sketchy. That's not an, ex- <laughs> that's not an expellable offence, is it? Uh, well, you know, it all depends. Uh, then he worked as a, a gym instructor in Chicago, uh, and he enlisted into the U.S. Army in the mid-70s and served in the military police, mm. which sort of set him up beautifully for the uh, role as B.A. Baracus years later when he was outrunning the military police in the A-team. So that was kind uh, of he turned the tables there, let me tell you. He did. He really did. I'm just going to turn this table right now. Yeah, um, please don't. So <laughs> now we're here using it. Uh, so there, so that was um, yeah, it's a real a real mixed bag of activities in the early wow. years of uh, Lawrence mm. uh, slash Mister T. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after he after he was in the military police, he, uh, he, he after his discharge, he tried out for the Green Bay Packers uh, gridiron Good grief. gridiron team, but a knee injury put him out of contention. Mm. So that was the end of that. As uh, <clears throat> as we all know, our own sporting prowess was cut short. You know, I um, yep. missed out on the table tennis grand final one year, uh, but we won't go into that right now. No, please don't. That's <laughs> another um, podcast entirely. And next up, he worked as a bouncer at uh, a discotheque in Chicago known as Dingbats. Ah, I'm guessing he was from Illinois, is that right? He is was, that where yeah, he's, yep. yeah. So, uh, born in Chicago, Illinois. 
Um, so yeah, at the time he started, uh, at that time when he was uh, moving into the role of bouncer, he started wearing the gold chains. Oh, yeah. And that's right. how that kind of came about. Is that 70s or 80s? That is in the sort of mid to late 70s that he when, was doing when that. When disco was king. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Where, when else are you going to go to a For some, discotheque right? called Dingbats? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so he's wearing gold neck chains. Uh, came about from nightclubbers leaving behind or losing jewellery at the club after a fight. <laughs> because, <laughs> and that's where he got them. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, they'd sort of, you know, I guess Fantastic. square off against Mr. T and say, you know, how about a fight? And they'd take the jewellery off. Oh. And uh, and then you know he'd lay them out. He'd lay them out, and, take and then the jewelry. end up with some free jewelry after it. And uh, interesting. And the one of the stories was is that you know when they came back into the club and they saw Mr T wearing the jewelry, they go, "Buddy, that's yours now." Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. They're not, not going to wrestle that off. Ask for it back. Yeah. No. So that's where the whole, the, I guess, the jewelry and the gold neck chains came about. Interesting. Yeah. So that was fascinating. Uh, and then he shifted into a career of uh, being a bodyguard. For close to a decade after that, uh, looking after models, judges, politicians, high-profile people, some celebrities. Mm. Okay. I hear you want to know what what celebrities. I thought you were, yeah, I thought you were going to. That's that's where I'm going to go to. I didn't want to know, but okay. No, I do. (laughs) So some of the the big stars that he uh, was uh, protecting in the bodyguard biz Mm -hmm. was uh, Steve McQueen. Oh. Wow. Michael Jackson. Diana Ross and Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali? That's not bad, is it? That's not bad at all. That's a pretty good roster of... uh... Would Muhammad need a bodyguard? Well, I was thinking that, and I was also thinking... If he wants to relax, he doesn't... Well, was there ever a sort of, when he was protecting Diana Ross, was there ever a kind of the bodyguard scenario with... with Mr. T and Diana Ross. Well, there's another there's another tenuous link there because the film The Bodyguard mm. with Kevin Costner, mm. who was originally set to star in that? I might might know, but why don't you tell us? Steve McQueen. Oh, look at that. How about that? Join the dots on that. That's wow. fantastic. Yeah. That's a bit of a... Steve McQueen died at 1980 and the yeah. film came out in 92. So, yeah. that's so a, they just held off for years until... Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's a, probably a classic script and turnaround sort of deal mm. and development. Lazy 12 years, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Lazy 12, yeah. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so after the um, uh, the bodyguard work for about a, about a decade, he went on to win a, a few tough man contests. Okay. So back in, the, uh, back in the day, in the mm. 70s, early 80s, there was a show called America's... Toughest Bouncer, which mm. was uh, it was actually telecast here back back in that time. Oh, really? Do you remember that one, Phil? I do not remember okay. that one actually. Do you, you? You obviously do that. I did. I used to watch it on a Saturday afternoon. That's uh, that was, really that was my jam. And would um, they would they test the bouncers out as they went? How would they work out? Who was well, the toughest? Yeah. Bouncer? it was like they had to do like a series of obstacles, and then they'd have to ring a bell at the end, from what I recall. But, okay, um, we'll throw someone out. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's funny you say that. Beautiful segue there, Andy. So at one point, one of the uh, um, tasks or duties that he had to do, he had to throw a guy. And so (laughs) at one time, he threw a 68-kilogram guy, which is about equivalent to 150 pounds, something Mm -hmm. like that. He threw him, and he also had to do things like break through wooden doors. Um, You know, as as a bouncer, you have to do these things. Uh, And... In that one, he actually uh, he won a two-minute boxing round, so that's how that culminated. Okay. And he took off the uh, the contest. Um, so he won. Yeah, he won the um, 
America's Toughest Bouncer title. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Good on you, Mr. T. Uh, and then I guess the, one of the big questions is how did the whole Mohawk thing come about? Mm. That was going to be my question. Yeah. What? What? Where was that? When was that? We've delved into the gold chains. That's right. About the Mohawk. We want to know more. He based his iconic Mohawk on a Mandinka warrior from West Africa. Okay. So the story is that he was glancing through a National Geographic right. and he thought, you know, this is a, uh, a strong... A strong person, a person of of uh, great power, great uh, resilience, and so he liked the idea that it would tie back to his African heritage. Mm. So he adopted the the mohawk. So that's how that came about. Mm. Uh, and then uh, just heading back to the America's toughest bouncer in 1980, uh, he was spotted by Sylvester Stallone. Uh, he was watching the TV show, mm. and he cast him as Clubber Lang in. Rocky Three, oh. which is arguably the best sequel of all time. Okay. Take it from me. And, that's pretty uh, good. Yeah. And uh, that's where the famous line, I Peter the Fool, comes from. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, is that where? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, was that, I know he was in something called DC Cab and probably a couple of other things, but that was his first breakout role, was That was it? a breakout role, yeah. Okay. And the, the line goes, no, I don't hate Balboa. I pity the fool. Uh-huh. So that's where that came about. I, thought, um, I always thought that was the A-team for some reason, but there you go. I think he, well, he used that more like a variation he did on the A-team yeah. as well. Mm. Um, and so there were, after that, there was a few small TV roles uh, before he was uh, cast in the A-team as B.A. Baracus. When was that? What year was that? 83. 83, yeah. So do we all know what B.A. stands for? Badass? No. Uh, I used to know. Close. No. no. Don't have it. No. Bad, bad attitude. Oh, that's it. That's okay. it. That's... Oh, right. So I do remember now. So, 83. So the magic that was the A-Team ran for 97 episodes mm-hmm. from 83 to 87. Got a bit patchy at the end there where they started working from the for the government instead of like running mm. from the government. So it sort of uh, oh, well. possibly lost its Hollywood, way there. Hollywood lost for way, you. Lost yep. its way. Uh, but uh, as an aside, I'll say Dirk Benedict who played... Face man. Um, face man. I saw him at a, a uh, Comic-Con a few years back. Always talked highly of the fellow cast members. And to to put it in his words, um, Dirk Benedict said they had lightning in a bottle with, mm. that, with that show because they all gelled so well mm. and they had that chemistry. So uh, Even yeah. with uh, George Papard? Because I've heard he was a bit prickly sometimes. Yeah, I think that uh, there was a bit of animosity with Mr. T getting such a big status at the time. Mm. But, you know, it was such a popular show that... Uh, well, I, I didn't have a clue who George Papard was, only because I was into the A-team I knew who he was. But I had no mm. idea as a kid the long... I wouldn't say he was ever a A-star, would you? Not, yeah, uh, he would have been. Yeah, he uh, Carpetbaggers. Like Carpetbaggers, mm. yeah. Breakfast at Tiffany's, Of course, like yeah. 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 So okay. He was a leading man. Yeah, yeah all right. Uh, so, as everyone knows, 18 full Vietnam vets fra- framed for a crime they didn't commit. Do we ever find out what the crime was? Something in Vietnam that... It was to do with... I think it was... Um, was it something to do with... They were taking gold or money or something, and it was uh, seen as a theft, but they were just carrying out their orders. So, it was all... Oh, okay. Yeah, it was all above board. Um, and so, they'd... Uh, hire their services out to people in need while staying one step ahead of the military. What's the, what's the big thing about the A-Team? How many people died in the A-Team? No one. 
No, one person did. Oh. There was an episode where yeah. they went uh, to, uh, I think it was Africa, to do with poachers, and someone got shot in the opening scenes, and that's pretty much the only death in the, uh, the oh. A-team. But other than that, Always. the car would flip over 15 times, and, and then they just brush themselves yeah. off. Or get shot by the M16. Good to go, yeah. Yeah, it was one yeah. of those, wasn't it? It was TV's way of um, having... Action, but not having violence. Kind of having it all there, yeah, really. Exactly. Yeah. So, personally, I was a massive A-Team fan in the 80s. And yeah, the tea, I got the A-Team show bag at the Royal Show. I got the A-Team poster, the whole bit. How the about toy? you guys? What, any uh, memories of Mr. T in the A-Team? I, I was a huge fan there. I had the little figures that you um, that you had, and I also had all the, the big ones, the action nice. figures that you had, and I had the M16 guns to go with it. And I never... A friend of mine had the the black van with the red stripe down the side. I never got never got my hands on I that. I got one of those. One of, it's like a model where you put together yourself. Well, no, this was to put the action figures in. It was oh, made out of plastic. Okay. But, yeah, that was... I remember those being in the toy shops as well, that you could... Um, a toy... A model, if you will. So, Phil, was this I, your era... Kind yeah, of. it was enough for me to have. I've saw a lot of the episodes. Probably saw uh, mostly the first two seasons. Uh, I don't quite remember because there's also, and I know we're talking about a show that we saw as boys mostly, but there was also uh, one female character, Melinda Coolia, and um, she lasted what two seasons or something like that, Mike? Yeah, I think yeah, about about. Or possibly a full season, and they brought in someone called Tonya Baker. That's yeah. right. And who's that over there on the, um, yeah, is that, see on the top right, sorry, top left, who's that? Yes, we're just looking at the A-Team annual from 1985, and it's uh, got the highly attractive Melinda Culea. Mm. Yeah, well, at that, not that I had a particular, um, uh, uh, not that I had a particular thing about Melinda Culea, because... Uh, my heart belonged to Catherine Bach from The Dukes of Hazard, But um, the thing was that once um, she was taken out of it, I felt like that they were not really sure about their formula. And for me, it seemed fairly formulaic from then onwards. I'm not going to make a big argument about it, but I started off quite liking it and probably, I guess, watched it for maybe that season and a half or so and mm. uh, thought it was uh, pretty good because I seem to remember that um, a lot of the formula of the show relied on everybody doing the thing they mostly did. Like Face would be a con man, for instance, and do those sort of things. Mm. And um, uh, Murdoch was a little crazy. Murdoch crazy. was crazy. He did something crazy and do some voices maybe. But, in fact, uh, to bring it all back to Mr T, wasn't his job mainly to put together almost MacGyver-esque yeah. kind of and he was the muscle, gizmos? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. tell us a little about that part of the uh, A-team, if you don't mind. Well, um, he could fashion a army tank out of a couple of sheets of uh, <laughs> galvanised right. steel, yeah. and uh, um, I don't know. They'd always have like those little peepholes, so there's no gunfire could get through into the tank that they'd uh, created. But yeah, he made some amazing inventions, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah that's it. They always that's had like a point, so they could so barrel through like uh, mm. barn doors and things like that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good memory. So, so after. Um, uh, after the uh, um, massive success of, of the A-Team, I, I, I don't know, it's hard to think now, but he was just everywhere, Mr. T. He was, he was, like he was a huge. cultural icon. Mm. You know? and, uh, Very big in the mid-'80s. Yeah. 
So he also starred in, in what you mentioned earlier was DC Cab, yep. which was a Joel Shoemaker film. Yep. which was uh, about a bunch of crazy ragtag uh, um, cab drivers working in Washington. Right. Wow. Uh, Mr. T also went on to release his own mini rap album in, in oh, 1984. Amazing. Called Bill. Mr. T's Commandments. So I'm off to search that out after the show, um, see how that goes. Uh, and, um, but yeah, so after a big four years of the A-Team. Uh, Mike Holt. Banging. Oh, sorry. It's alright. The ROC still having a ride. Okay, back to uh, after DC Cove, okay. please. So, was it that rap album or what? Yeah. Done that? Go into that. Okay. It was banging. So, would you believe he even uh, released a rap, or mini rap album in 1984 called Mr. T's Commandments? Right, it's some, amazing. Some sick rhymes there, let me tell you. Um, and <laughs> after, after after the A team folded, he played Private Eye T S Turner in oh. T and T, not T and T, but T and T. Why for a big sixty five episodes from oh. like eighty eight to ninety? That didn't really get much traction in Australia, I don't think. I don't, I don't remember that at all. No, it's one of those things where I think it might have got a couple of uh, releases on video where they cobbled together a couple oh, of episodes yeah. as a as a movie or something like that. Right. Uh, and then in 1985, another big turning point, he got involved in professional wrestling with uh, some of the standouts being that he was a tag team partner of Hulk Hogan oh, right. in WrestleMania, the very first one. And he got involved in a boxing match against Rowdy Roddy Piper at uh, WrestleMania 2. So this is WWF sort yeah, of? WWF days, yeah. yeah. You guys into that? I was as a kid. Yeah. don't remember... Uh... Mr. T being in there, I think. No, I, I remember Rowdy Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan. I was saying, but I don't remember Mr. T. Maybe that was... It, it was that? appearances, like 85. Uh-huh, yeah, right. okay. Um, in his private life, Mr. T is a born-again Christian. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, uh, Good for him. He has three children, one son and two, uh, two daughters. Um, I guess in the 90s, he... I don't know... He, had a lower profile, he did TV commercials, mm. personal appearances, kept him busy. Uh, but in 1995, he was diagnosed with mm. T-cell lymphoma. That's right, I remember um, that. Mm. And thankfully, he re- went into remission in about four years later. Wow. Um, I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's uh, the uncontrolled proliferation of white blood cells that be- can become dangerous. Uh, sorry, cancerous. Oh, so okay. luckily, he uh, bounced back from that. Um, he's done his share of big, big deeds, good deeds over the years. He uh, appeared in motivational videos in the eighties for uh, for school kids. Cool. And he helped out in the cleanup of uh, Hurricane Katrina. After that happened, um, I don't know if you guys caught up with the eighteen film in two thousand and nine. Did you? See I that? did. Yes. Yeah. It's, did he? Yeah. I, don't I, want, I know of it. I, I don't really want to talk about it, no, but he, wa- he, he was in it. <laughs> No, no, he turned no down. Cameo? He turned it down. Yeah, he he didn't like the idea of it at all. So he. What's going to happen with it? With, he was without you. Well, yeah, well, true. I was going to say it's going to happen with or without you. Yeah. yeah, but he was right not to be part of it. Yeah. It was garbage. Did any of the other? I mean, George Papa was dead by then. But yeah, but they had um, the other guys, Dwight Schultz and uh, good old Dirk Benedict. But their uh, cameo was actually put it in the credits. So that's... Oh, boo. Okay. Yeah, so, but it was just a crack film all up. Mm. So good, good move there, Mr. T. 
Uh, and then from then, he uh, he's made the occasional sort of voiceover work in um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that one. Kids it's animation. Pretty, it's film. good, yeah. 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 And uh, 2017, he took part in the Dancing with the Stars in the US. Right. All right. And uh, as of today, he's uh, he's now 69, and he's pretty active on Twitter. So if you guys want to uh, check out what he's up to, just head to uh, Mr. T. Does he tweet often about life? Or is it uh, retro? Mostly, mostly religious messages. Oh, okay. Because he's a deeply religious guy. So, uh, okay. yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, do you follow him? I'm not on Twitter. Oh, you're not, are you? Uh, right. No. Instagram. Oh, that's right. In fact, neither of you two are really into social media, aren't you? Because you're not really cool like me. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I just wanted to set that up for some kind of. <laughs> but you, I work. I work in social media, so I'm on it, but just not personally. Yeah. So that's Mr. T in a nutshell, really. Okay, and I wanted to ask you what what is it? Obviously, being a kid, he was he was um, he made an impression on you. But you want you came here today, and you wanted to talk to him about him. So, are you still have a an interest in the guy? Still a fan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. I okay. think. Uh, um, I don't know. Just. I guess a big part of it's nostalgia because mm. yeah, I'm like, just so ingrained in, in growing up. But uh, I don't know, he's a, he's a strong figure, you know, he's always a, a good guy, you know. Has he still good. got his mohawk? He does, yeah, yeah. Wow, signature mohawk, okay. Yeah. I remember that was, I don't know why, but it was such a big deal back in 1984 mm. or uh, 83 uh, when the when the, the 18 came out. Well, I would say uh, in my memory what, was going on there is that he sort of appeared at a time when, in fact, there wasn't uh, any other kind of, in American culture, there wasn't any sort of black uh, iconic figure like him. He was, you know, uh, a one Maybe in sports, but not, yeah, not oh, TV. Oh, yeah, sure, not in movies or TV. So, like, when he was Clubber Lang, in which he was the bad guy, he was a really kind of fearsome oh, presence. Stuff, yeah. And it was kind of an interesting to see him be flipped mm. into being Mr. T, the good guy. The hero. Yeah. Apart from, um, uh, what was his name, uh, Arnold from uh, Different Strokes, mm. Gary Coleman, I guess he's probably there. And I know those two did, he made an appearance, he that's did. right, he yeah. made, that's, and, and, and then little guy dressed up like him. Yeah, in the mm. later series of Different Strokes. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I guess interesting. what, I guess, um, yeah, what I was thinking is that, you know, um, there was, you know, you can name a number of characters that came beforehand in the sort of like Shaft and this sort of thing, mm. but I think that for a long time... Not um, Reagan's. Well, if you want to talk about that era, then I think if you want to pick a uh, a black hero who was on everyday TV, mm. you know, network television, I mm. think Mr. T was quite unusual. Yeah, I, you're right. I really you're don't think right. there was very many parallel sort of Again, they had Michael. Like Michael was there, but again, music, that was his domain. Mm. But like you say, not in the television yeah. so in part of things. In that sense, that he, I think Eddie Murphy. groundbreaking. And the fact that he touched on TV, big screen, mm. um, rap, you know, maybe not the biggest impact on rap. <laughs> but you know, he, he it's did, a rap's he, loss. He, so. did, he did. Uh, he did a lot of diverse yeah, projects. He did. So, yeah, for sure. Mm. He's an icon. Mm. All right. Well, thank. Anything else on that? While we um, uh, anything no, else we need to know? I think that's um, that's about sums it up. I just uh, you know um, like to say, uh, Mister T rules. And that's about uh, that's about <laughs> the size of it. 
I think that's that's twelve year old me talking, but uh, as I'm a man child, I'm going to go with that. Well, and we'll, we'll go with you. Any Brilliant. slogan you can put on the uh, right on the back of a ruler or something is a good slogan. Yeah. So I think with that, we are going to shuffle off to Buffalo. I don't know why I said that, but come with us. Thanks very much for listening, and you will hear us sometime very soon. We are Pop Culture with Beards. <laughs>